0: is the Ignition Point, Clayton Bradley Academy's podcast, where every day we work to help students excel through critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration, and use of our lifelong guidelines and life skills. Today's podcast is going to focus on the lifelong guidelines and life skills with our principals here at Clayton Bradley Academy. So at this time, we join the podcast with our two principals. We'd like to welcome to the podcast today, Mary Lyford and Brad Rasmussen. They are our principals. So Mary is the principal for our preschool through fifth grade and Brad is our principal for our upper school or sixth grade through 12th grade so welcome Mary thank you welcome Brad thanks Kendall good to be here and so today we're going to take a little bit of time to talk about a crucial element to our mission and vision of the school Uh, and it's important to the whole community because you will see and hear these everywhere you go on campus and that is our lifelong guidelines and our life skills and so that's part of our mission right is that we want every student to excel through problem solving, critical thinking, collaboration, and using our lifelong guidelines and life skills. And so that's something that we talk about a lot. It's in every announcement that Mary gives in the mornings. Um, I've been down there more than once and, and heard her talk about a life skill or lifelong guideline of the month and, and, uh, or the week uh, with the life skill. And I know at the upper school, we use them a lot. If you come up on the upper school campus, right, you're greeted by a, a flame that has the lifelong guidelines and the life skills. Uh, right there for everybody to see. And so we just want to take a minute today to kind of talk about those um, campus-wide because we use them from preschool through 12th grade. And so it's not just something that you'll see on our wall that you might hear mention of, it is a crucial element to who we are. And so I just wanted to give each of you kind of that starting point, just to talk about just in general, the how you look at the Life Skills Lifelong Guidelines, and then we can look at a little bit more specific so Mary, why don't we start with you? When you're looking at the lifelong guidelines and life skills, just that broad picture of kind of how are they used with the lower school students? And then we'll come back to kind of some more specifics. So when you think of those lifelong guidelines and life skills, you think about, of course you've been uh, in education for a while, but a lot of your education experience comes through that lens of using life skills and lifelong guidelines. So you've got a lot of use case in the classroom as well as the principal level. So kind of give that overview uh, for, for people listening.
1: Okay, so being with pre-K, three-year-olds all the way to fifth grade, it varies, um, especially as preschoolers join us. And so with, with our preschool, it's more of visuals and talking the talk of what that life skill is. Like you said, I do the announcements every morning, and I try to include students with me. So this week, my fifth graders are joining me and so like you said we do a lifelong guideline for the month and we have five of them I think of it as an umbrella five lifelong guidelines and under the umbrella 19 life skills so for this month we're getting ready to start August so we're looking at no put downs and that one's always fun to teach because we talk about what that means to not hurt each other's feelings Mm. And then for the life skill this week, we do one a week, and so it's cooperation. And in each classroom, it varies because the teachers will put the visual on the front board and focus on it for the week. They do many different things. They do read alouds. They do skits with them. Um, I let the students that are participating in announcements give examples of how they use the life skill. So it's real and connected to them. Um, we're always looking for ways to implement the life skills because it is our foundational skills that we try to teach and model for them. Yeah, so.
0: and you know, we just did a training with the staff, but you you hit on that. Um, with them of this is not just what we say, but it's what we say and what we do. And so we expect not just our students to use Life School lifelong Guidelines, we want our staff to use those as well, right? Correct. And so it, it's that modeling what this really looks like. Um, and then Brad, when you're looking at that from the principal level at the upper school uh, with a counseling background, which actually probably goes really well into this, mm-hmm. what kind of what's that kind of overview look for you?
2: yeah i think mary and i uh collaborate a bit on this because you know mary will often say at the lower school you know we wish they all came with life skills you know <laughs> and, and following the lifelong guidelines you know we don't always come with them as a as a package when you when we meet these little humans um, but one of the things that the upper school oftentimes will say is you know we we are also helping students define for them what these are but a lot of that work it's done in the lower school the students understand kind of the definitions of the words they they they've gotten a lot of good examples of what they look like in real life so what we're doing is really assessing are you using your life skills and you know life skills is a word that means something to us to the general public you might think well what is that brushing your teeth what's a life skill is it you know do you you know make sure you walk on this side of the sidewalk you know but life skills for us are oftentimes what many people would call character attributes and we're looking at a set of really character values that we can help people and students understand so that when they become adults, they are actually contributing healthy, respectful people. And at the upper school, a lot of what we do is trying to help students understand when they are and when they are not using their life skills um, and what it looks like as a community when we all you know, help each other out by using these. And if we don't then how do we hold each other to a higher standard um, of these different life skills?
0: And really, when you're thinking of life skills and lifelong guidelines, um, I always say it in that way, it should be lifelong guidelines and life skills, technically, mm-hmm. like you said with the umbrella of lifelong guidelines are, are those top. that Those are like the dream environment as an adult to work in, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you know, when you're going into a A business meeting or you're going into some kind of collaboration which you still have to do as an adult don't you want people that are going to be truthful and trustworthy don't you want people that are going to give effort that are going to do their personal best that are going to have a sense of humor but you know not be offensive that are you know all of these character traits like you were saying like this is what we want to interact with on a regular basis this is this is who you probably want to marry this is who you hope you live next to as a neighbor um, and that's what we talk about with our, our students, right? Of, of We want them to have skills that as they become an adult, that they will be hopefully a, a successful, uh, contributing in a positive way to the community Absolutely. they live in. Um, and some of what we talk to the upper school teachers about uh, because of, of closeness in in years is, you know, within two to three years, this could be your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So don't you want them to have? Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're definitely the driver next to you. Mm-hmm. Right? Right the street. The they already are the driver next to mm-hmm. you. And so mm-hmm. uh, don't you want them to have these skills? And so we want to make sure that we're doing that all the way up through. And, and we do take time to score them. And how we score them looks different from lower school to upper school because of the way you just described that. Uh, so, Mary, why don't we go back to you when we're looking at that with the teachers? Because one of the things parents will notice on the progress report is that we score on all of the 19 life skills we score on the lifelong guidelines so when you're helping your teachers in kind of setting that up for how are you going to do this what what's guide? what guidance do you put there what expectation do you put with your teachers of how are they going to legitimately look at a kid and give a score on on the lifelong guidelines and life skills
1: so, in the lower school, I don't think it's as maybe black and white because they are just learning the skill, maybe. Um, like like we said, you, you hope they come with them and we want to partner with our parents and families, but our teachers, so we know as a whole, we're going to teach nine life skills during that first quarter. And so, they are supposed to look at those nine life skills throughout the quarter and hopefully put them in situations where they can demonstrate that they're internalizing it or at least been exposed to it Um, some it's more natural for than others some of them we know they've been taught truthfulness and what it means to own it and so it's just obvious and then as the semester goes we pretty much taught all of them then so it's a little bit easier but It's going to be in the lower school teaching it, reteaching it, and modeling it, and hopefully then they're internalizing it. And I tell my teachers, if you haven't taught it to them and demonstrated it, you really shouldn't assess it because Mm. it's not fair. So I think it's a little different in the upper school there in the way you all do your grading. So they know we have nine life skills that we're going to do this quarter and those are the ones that doesn't mean they can't assess some of the others because it's obvious that they see them so it could be that they've done a reflection on a life skill Um, it could be that it shows up when they're doing projects and doing uh, cooperative learning or collaboration that's always fun to watch because you can see who knows how to compromise and how to you know Share and get along with each other. So those are the kind of things that come to my mind as yeah. examples.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and and it's very different. You know, you mm-hmm. got preschoolers as far as that life skill of friendship. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's just that they're sitting near somebody and they're able to play near somebody without fighting over right. wanting the sharing. thing they're playing with. You know, the yes. sharing component, and you know, so. You can imagine uh, what that may look like in the preschool classroom then, as opposed to by the time you get to fifth grade, that friendship is, is going to look a lot different. Right. You know, And so the teachers being able to adapt to that and continuing as the kid is maturing yes. to come back to it and teach it again you know mm-hmm. we don't just assume it's hey all you, one on one right it's, you've been here for 3 years you've got it right right no <laughs>
1: <laughs> no it's an ongoing process that we're all even as adults we're still learning how mm-hmm. to be better citizens so yeah. that's our goal like you said your neighbor next door you hope is going to be trustworthy and truthful and all the good things and that right. you can count on if you need them for something so um, I think we do a really good job of exposing them, making them aware, and modeling for them, and even holding our faculty accountable for it also.
0: Yeah, So, absolutely. And then as we get into middle school, not that we expect them since they've been here for, you know, maybe six years, seven years now, they get into sixth grade, they should just come in and be perfect humans. that have all of their life skills, lifelong guidelines. The the lower school
2: is amazing at their work. Right. With all the things the brain research
0: says happens to a middle schooler, um, Mm. it's no surprise that they also forget how to use all of their life skills (laughs) lifelong guidelines at times. It's a cycle. You know, as they also forget how to, like, tie their shoe it seems like you know you go wait how do you not know how to do this and if you've had a middle schooler at the house they forget how to clean the room they forget how to take their dishes to the sink they that initiative know. right there's no initiative it seems like it does but um, so we get into middle school then middle school and high school and and how do you guys approach the life skills lifelong guidelines when you're looking at them through that lens of where they're at and the maturity level of that kid and by the time You know, with high school, you're talking about possibly a 17 or 18 year old that Mm -hmm. uh, we're continuing to still teach and reteach these life skills, lifelong Mm -hmm. guidelines. But what does that kind of look like at the upper school?
2: Yeah, you know, I think it's really important when you're talking about specifically about assessment because, you know, Mary, you were talking about how you at the lower school, you know, it's unfair to assess a, a practice that a student hasn't learned. We're looking for students to be able to demonstrate their life skills, and one of the things that we always said from the beginning was that when we assess students' learning, we want to clearly be able to assess what their academic mastery is versus what their behavior could influence when it comes to that mastery. Mm. And so for us at the upper school, it's very important to keep those two hemispheres really clearly defined. So a good example is a student is late for their, you know, turning in their assignment, in, in many systems, if you don't turn an assignment in or if it's late, you could get a zero. And really what that means academically in the gradebook is that you know nothing about that topic. Right. But what we're really trying to do is say, okay, academic mastery, um, we don't really know if you don't turn an assignment in what you actually know. But we do know that you've either had trouble communicating or you've been irresponsible. And that's a life skill. And so what we do is we take it very we take a very earnest approach to evaluating students. So at the upper school, we've really we've created rubrics, and each one of the life skills is defined on our one to four scale. And every three weeks, um, we've also separated because there's so many of them. We've separated them into four domains. So in those groupings of life skills, the teachers are looking for broad strokes to say, you know, are you are you basically showing personal best, are you showing critical thinking, are you showing collaboration? And so, we evaluate those every three weeks based upon what the students are doing. Um, and, and that way, when a student is having academic mastery, but they're having trouble in the classroom demonstrating a life skill, we have a very pointed, very prescribed, and a very um, defined way to assess on a one to four scale where they're at with that life skill. So responsibility is one that we measure a lot because students have to continually show up on time they have to show up to class they have to turn their work in Um, and so that's something that we're constantly evaluating uh, personal best and all the things that go along with that trustworthiness you know for us um, ai is a big thing recently Mm -hmm. well turning in work using artificially you know generated you know source without properly um, referring to that is considered academic lack of integrity. Mm. So that's not trustworthy and that's not using integrity. Right. And so we have a, a rubric that will show how we can assess you if you have, you know, not shown integrity. And so for us it really becomes a dialogue piece for the students to be able to say, well why did you get a one in integrity? And it also helps us really understand with the parents, this is why we're holding the student accountable so at the upper school um in some ways we've 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 really kind of um unlike mary because they're still learning them in the middle school we do something because middle school you're right they they kind of get you know discombobulated <laughs> but we have a system of houses in the middle school and every time a, a teacher sees a student using a life skill uh, they get awarded uh, a token that they can Put into their house it's called a bead um, and we collect beads throughout the year and then uh, they can see how life skills and using their life skills contributes to the overall health of the of the middle school so we do look for some more tangible ways to help those middle schoolers yeah. see how it is that they're contributing um, or not contributing to the health of the community right so those are a few ways that the upper school that we use that
0: and I know you know I've taught in systems before teaching here, and, and sometimes you're handed uh, a school policy as a teacher mm-hmm. on homework, you know, well, they they didn't turn their homework in, now you have to deduct X percent, or, you know, they missed the day the assignment was given, mm-hmm. so they have two or three days to get the assignment, then they have X amount of days, and if they don't do it by the certain time period, like you said, that gets to the point where they don't get a grade on that assignment. And I know as a teacher, the frustrating part of that is, is—is like you said, it had nothing to do with the content. And so right. now I've got right. a kid with a possibly a bad score in a, in a grade book that is going to be counted towards their overall grade that had nothing to do with how much they actually knew about the content I was teaching. It had to do with, you know, the organization that they had or the responsibility or – and and it was tough because in some systems with the policy you're handed you don't even as a teacher get to go hey wait a second with what's going on with that student right now you know maybe they've had a significant family member pass away or whatever and they're not in the headspace to be able to do this activity Mm -hmm. well in some systems there's not really a a way to to account for that they they either have it or they don't
2: well i think it's part part of what we do at cba and it's hard because the life skills really are uh, I, I think the way Mary described it, that umbrella of lifelong guidelines and then all the life skills underneath of it really do, it, it frames how we approach education. And when you, when you look at mastery-based learning, which is what we're using, and you also look at restorative practices, which is how we kind of look at behavior and discipline, the life, life skills and lifelong guidelines are the, really the basis of those, both of those areas. Mm. And so it, you, it really dovetails into everything that we do from a pedagogy perspective as well as just from a community building perspective because they become a common language mm-hmm. it becomes a common vocabulary students are using the same words from pre-K all the way through graduation mm-hmm. yeah. you know teachers are constantly talking about these same skills and although there are a handful of them um, by the time the students get into high school you know they are speaking the language of these life skills mm-hmm. and lifelong guidelines and Their resume is written through the lens of, you know, what attributes do you really relate to and how how do you describe yourself through the lens of life skills? Um, So it becomes part of what they can then use to describe themselves as they move on to that next step. So it really is all integrated. Yeah.
1: Um, I was just thinking all the way back to the extreme of preschool, um, a couple of the, well, I think all the preschool classes, we have four of them. One of them is using the acknowledgement box now. And so she was talking to me about it the other day, and basically it's just pulling out one of the names of the students in the class and just sharing a life skill that she saw that child do in preschool. Oh, wow. And she said they just light up to hear mm-hmm. their name called and yeah. then the example she's going to give. I know another, I think all three of them use the marble jar. And so anytime they're in center time and they're using a life skill They'll get the marble and go, oh, let's go put a marble in our jar. I saw so-and-so show friendship by letting them use the car, the magnet, or, you know, some examples. And then they get so far in the jar, and then they get to do a little extra something in the room or whatever. But it just is a way of modeling and explaining, defining it, and then a visual of actually rewarding in a way of, just seeing the inaction, so yeah. in three and four and five year olds.
2: Well, so. and it's, I think that I think the middle school needs that, right? <laughs> right, because <laughs> they're a lot like three, four, and five year olds. We know, you know what the brain research yeah. says there yeah. about
0: the two-year, three-year-old brain to the twelve, thirteen-year-old exactly. brain. Yeah. <laughs> so you know,
2: those. I'm telling you, we for those of you that don't know, we have houses and they're Cherokee themed, and so we call them council houses. But when you get a bead for your council house, because you've demonstrated a life skill or a lifelong guideline. You know they take a lot of pride in that Absolutely. and then as they see those jars growing throughout mm-hmm. the year you know all we we keep those jars on display so that the whole community can see how everybody's yeah. and last year the other thing that's kind of cool about it is at the end of the year we we like to say you know we have an actual f- tangible number of times that we've seen life skills at least this many times life skills have been used in our community right. and so when you when you look at last year we had over ten thousand. Documented cases wow. of life skills being seen, observed, and then you know acknowledged, you know that's pretty powerful, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so. it all goes to building. You know, it's kind of that analogy. It's not just one boat rising when you when the water level rises, all the boats rise together. So all Absolutely. the students are actually benefiting.
0: If you think about what you just said, over ten thousand cases in the in the middle school that at least were pointed out when they were happening in one hundred and eighty days, mm-hmm. that that's a lot of life skills being used Uh, and knowing that we didn't you know with things that go on probably there were days that no beads were were handed out because it was a special day or something was going on that you know nobody was recognizing that so that's that's pretty phenomenal for a middle school
2: yeah and I I think too I mean Mary one of the cool things you said is that the kids get to point it out in each other Mm -hmm. and you know we do something similar to that in the middle school as well and the kids can actually award a button that has a particular life skill on it when they've seen a friend of theirs or someone in their house using that, and it does it gives them all a sense of pride and accomplishment. Mm-hmm. So you know, activating students, and really that's what it comes down to is when when you have students being able to see it in each other, mm-hmm. and encourage it in each other, that's when you know you've won. Yeah. you know, when they're at the you know playground during brain break or in the bathroom or in the cafeteria. And they can regulate themselves based upon using life skills that display a good neighbor or a good
0: friend or a good colleague or a good partner. Yeah. You know, that's that's what we're aiming for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that we do talk to our students about in reality is, especially the older they get, the life skills, lifelong guidelines are the things typically that get you fired right. as an adult. Yep. You know, Mm -hmm. there are times that maybe somebody just was not able to do the job, you know, whatever the job may be. But most jobs have some kind of training system in place, right? You get hired and you had to have whatever degrees or or credentials to get hired. But most jobs know they're going to have to train employees. You know, so there's an amount of content that you need to know, but they're willing to train you and help you along on the content. But if you come in and and you're not trustworthy or you don't have your organization enough together that you're checking in on time, your responsibility is bad, you're not trustworthy, you're, you, know, you don't have any initiative. Those are the people that the company typically, you know, gets to a point of saying, you know, I, we don't know what else to do with this person, you know, they don't clock in on time. I remember, you know, even when I was in college working as a, a, a server for a restaurant, you know, it was like two times of you not coming to work, you're fired. You know, like the first time they gave you grace. The right. second, second time, time mm-hmm. they called you and said what day to come pick up your check and then not come back, you know, yeah. and it's like that's that's what we're hoping that our kids get uh, as they go through this process of uh, the skills that they need to help them really be successful at, at whatever that next level is for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, Mary, I know the other thing that we also talk about, you you'd mentioned target talking some. That's the word we use whenever we say we're, you, you know, to specifically point out a life skill lifelong guideline we call it target talking with our staff uh, we hope to hear that as we go around but we also talk to our teachers about um, pointing that out even on field studies right mm-hmm. they're being their experience they're going out in the real world to, to once again We're this is about content but we want them to see and hear and and experience life skills lifelong guidelines in the real world mm-hmm. on being their experiences as well right. uh, and so having the kids ability like you said to point that out Mm -hmm. that's you you know as a teacher that you've really started to sink in if a kid is able to point out that example of initiative that example of responsibility that example of friendship Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's a pretty unique thing too whenever we're going somewhere and we're like hey these are we're also looking for this set of life skills lifelong guidelines that might not be what a company is thinking about when a school's coming to visit them
1: right and it's a nice compliment that you get from wherever you've been from the people, I know our um, second graders went to the strawberry patch at the end of last year, and the owner of the farm there just bragged about the life skills that he saw, and we hadn't even talked about it to him. Oh, wow. Well. But when he got ready for us to leave, he just was really bragging on our behavior of the children for second graders, and so that was a great compliment for CBA, I thought.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Because you never know when you put second graders on a strawberry patch, how that's going to go.
1: <laughs> you could have trampled them down, right. but they didn't. Yes.
2: <laughs> well, and it is fun. I was at a restaurant in the community last year, and the manager came to me, and I had a surprise encounter with a student, and the manager had seen this surprise encounter, and um, the manager came up to me later and said, "You know, the student that you were talking to earlier was so helpful to me earlier, and." described a specific way that the student had gone out of their way to hold a door when she had a f- arms full of, of food, and um, she said, I just was so impressed with the student. And um, so in conversation with the student later, I said, hey, I just want you to know you made a really good impression on our in our okay. community. And she looked at me and she said, just using my life skills, Mr. R. <laughs> and so it does translate into real life, you know. And yeah. So that's really fun when you see those kind of things happen. So.
0: Absolutely. Well, as we wind down here, Mary, I, I don't want to miss a chance. I know you, you also, you've been taking notes while we've been talking. <laughs> uh, on, I don't want something to have come up that you wanted to talk about, and I miss it. And so uh, was there anything else you'd like to add about Life Skills, lifelong Guidelines?
1: No, um, I guess the only thing that I thought about before is the environment piece in the classroom, that the way we set up our classrooms is to enhance life skills also. So you Mm -hmm. want, it's not so institutionalized. You come into our classrooms and it feels welcoming. It feels like we want the teachers to greet the children at the door and they do in the mornings. And so they're the first there to give them a high five or a shake or a hug in the lower school. And so that's important. And then just feeling that community at the tables that they come into and the way the rooms are set up. um, It's just a calming, I feel like Um, they, the children enjoy and they come in with smiles. And so I think it's just that because we teach these life skills, we model them, and we target talk, like you said, that it just carries over into the environment of the whole school then. And it's throughout the campus. It's not mm-hmm. just in the lower mm-hmm. school, but all the way through, the yeah. same message.
0: And it's something that we hear from visitors. You know, I show a lot of people around campus, and they talk about things about, you know, the what our campus looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, when they go in a bathroom and they see that there's not stuff, you know, on the walls or or that you know stuff's not just laying everywhere that everything's clean not you know i give a lot of credit to our maintenance staff Mm -hmm. because i think we have an amazing maintenance staff here that takes care of our facilities but it's also the fact that our kids respect our facilities through that lens of life skills lifelong guidelines i mean this that's the whole community's culture of we're going to take responsibility here and we're going to do the right thing that's what we always want. Now, sometimes there's still incidences that happen, right? And there's still right. a, you know, a name that gets scratched into something, or a, a you know, a, a, a disagreement between two people, and and we have things like restorative practice that we mm-hmm. use to help, you know, heal that hurt, hopefully that's that's happened. And, and as the community has been damaged, we try to repair that that right. community, uh, in the classroom and the school as a whole. And it's through that lens of life skills, mm-hmm. lifelong guidelines, still though, right. that we come back to
1: having them to reflect on the choices that they made. We don't try to use the life skills as rules, but we try to incorporate them in the procedures that we have in place, and then having the children be accountable, so then they may have to sit down and reflect on the choice that they made, because we're not perfect, we all make mistakes, and we all try to just own those mistakes, and so with little ones, it's teaching them to reflect well, what could I have done or what should I have done mm-hmm. what life skill could I' have used instead and just kind of talking through the process not condemning the process you know right so
0: and that you know we've talked a little bit about restorative practice uh, on the podcast with different settings and that's a huge part of that of, of it's not a it's not that like just punishment culture mm-hmm. right well you right. did this and because you did this you've got this punishment but it's looking at, trying to understand why you did what Mm -hmm. you did and then looking at the impact on your community and and how that affected your community when you're processing those things it's once again we're still trying to get kids to use their frontal lobe (laughs) Um, even in the middle of that because you know when you're having disagreements when you're having conflict it's real easy for our brain to shift out of any thinking right and we go into just kind of the default setting that we may have and and we get into the brainstem and so we're trying to help kids stay in that frontal lobe of thinking through this so that when it happens again because it's not if it's going to happen again Mm -hmm. it's going to happen again right Mm -hmm. that's life when it happens again how should i respond maybe next time so that i get a different result Mm -hmm. than i got this time Um, brad is there anything when you're thinking about just kind of that that whole package of life skills lifelong guidelines any kind of ending thoughts that you might have
2: I think the one thing that I think is really unique about our school is that, you know, the lifelong guidelines, you know, what we say in our mission is that we want to develop collaborators, problem solvers, critical thinkers. And it's really through the lens of life skills and lifelong guidelines. And so, you know, as as a student progresses from preschool all the way through graduation at Clayton Bradley. By the time they have marched through that 13, 14 year process, depending upon when they came in preschool, they will have learned all of the life skills and lifelong guidelines. They will have seen them modeled, been asked to engage with them, and then they will have been assessed on how well and to what extent they use them for years of their life. And we're at the point now where we can actually, you know, at the upper school, we, we track these numbers to actually determine how well we are accomplishing our mission of creating problem solvers, collaborators, and critical thinkers. Um, and it's just really amazing to see that we are having so much success when you look at the assessment data for our students as they track through high school. Uh, we did that as an exercise for the first time with this last graduating group. We were able to, to see it not only in life and in action and, and in the ways that they treat each other, but to have some assessment data to back up that we're actually accomplishing our mission and I think that's really unique. So, you know, I think for schools out there and for people that are listening that want to employ something, you know, it's taken us 10 years to get a system in place that we can actually see this you know, broad spectrum and, and this detailed what we you know, are doing with life skills and lifelong guidelines. But, you know, if you are intentional and you really take steps to make it a cultural piece and you do the, the work of making them available in the classroom, putting them on the walls, making sure every one of your staff members and teachers understands the critical nature of this set of vocabulary uh, pieces and um, you can get there so it is really it's it's just been a great process
0: absolutely I want to thank both of you for taking a little bit of time to sit down and talk about this today and uh, look forward to next time that we can sit down and talk about something else on the podcast thanks Kendall thank you This has been The Ignition Point, Clayton Bradley Academy's podcast, where every day we work to help students excel through critical thinking, problem-solving, collaboration, and use of our lifelong guidelines and life skills. If you'd like to find out more about the school, you can visit us on our webpage, www.claytonbradleyacademy.org. You can find us on social media sites at CBA STEM and at Clayton Bradley Academy. If you'd like to find out more about the model that we use at Clayton Bradley Academy, you can purchase the book, Exceeding Expectations 2, through Books for Education. You can search that. Um, I'll put the link also in the description. We hope you have a wonderful day.